welcome to the Cravecast. I am your host, Eric Mack, live from CNS High Desert Bureau, the uh, annual Geek Fest that was Comic Con 2016. It's now over, but uh, we're still digesting all the news and everything that we learned, whether it's the improbable revival of the Nickelodeon classic Double Dare, uh, all things Star Trek Beyond, or the latest Pokemon developments. There is so much to rehash from the annual meeting of the United Nations of Nerds. Uh, a little later on in the show, we'll also get an update from the major political conventions going on in the U.S. this month, which strangely have some crossover uh, with Comic-Con. Uh, but first, let's check in on our panel and introduce them, including those that made the pilgrimage to Comic-Con this year. Uh, live in the CNET studio there, we have uh, Kelsey Adams, Christine Kane, Jeff Sparkman, and behind the controls, as always, Stephen Beecham. Howdy. Also, still in the promised land of San Diego via Skype is Mike Sorrentino from CNET. Hey, How are you guys doing? Yay! Yay! All right, thanks, thanks everyone for for joining us today. Uh, and of course, we're live on uh, live stream and on YouTube and on CNET. And if you want to join the conversation, you can jump in the chat rooms there uh, or tweet at us at Crave. Uh, so to get started, Mike, um, you're you're still there in the promised land, um, yes. and uh, you got to get going first. Why don't you why don't you tell us uh, your Comic Con highlights to start things off? Well, this was the first time I've worked at a Comic Con. I've come the last few years. I've never had a pass before. I'd always go outside. Outside of the Comic Con area, it basically becomes a free Disney World. Uh, this year alone, there was a Gravitron that you could jump on, a laser tag at Petco Park. Um, I believe an adult swim theme green area. I, I didn't personally make it over to that last one, but in but in, in terms of inside the convention hall, there was so much going on in terms of movies and revivals. Um, I spent a particularly large amount of time covering some of the Nickelodeon '90s nostalgia activities, uh, which included a um, the Legends of the Hidden Temple being revived as a television movie, and to promote it, they had a virtual reality experience where you put on a Samsung Gear VR, and uh, Kirk Fogg, who is the host of that game show, is now the guide to the temple. And you go in the temple, and you meet Olmec. And Olmec is kind of scarier. He's, a little, I guess, a little more friendly on the game show. This time he's like, you must complete a puzzle or you'll be trapped here forever. Um, and uh, beyond that, there was also... Uh, Nickelodeon did a 30th anniversary of their Double Dare game show, which was amazing. They brought back Mark Summers and had uh, members of the All That cast compete uh, against each other in Double Dare activities. And it felt just like the game show, which apparently ended in 1993. Wow. I didn't realize it was that far back that um, Family Double Dare had ended, I guess because of the reruns. I totally want to play this. Uh, all the sounds were all the same. They apparently did a couple press-only games um, before to warm up for the Facebook Live. And they did a full, about a 28-minute or so broadcast. Um, and all of it was just on point. All the lights, the sounds. Uh, it, it was crazy how... It was It was just so weird. It was like the, everything that was original, everything that I would, used to see when I was nine... But now it was in a night. It was being held in a nightclub, and everyone was drinking. And you had all these kid uh, games being played by people now in their twenties, thirties, maybe maybe even forties. It was fantastic. Am I crazy to recall recently? I think this was a Kickstarter or something that 
there, there is like a documentary being made about Mark Summers' life. Did, did that come up at all? It didn't come up. I'm not familiar with that, honestly, but I would really like to see it because uh, he has such a cool career. I was sitting next to a, a friend of his who told me that he's a magician now. Uh, maybe he's been a magician the whole time. I didn't know that till uh, till then. But between that and his history on Unwrapped, um, there is a video documentary I learned about over the weekend about um, the making of Double Dare. Uh, I think it's, a, it's out on VHS, I believe, from like 1991, from a long time ago. But it went over how they filmed like the pilot of it way back when. Um, but there was a lot of 90s coming back. Power Rangers, uh, their reboot movie, um, comes out next year. And uh, the cast of that uh, were making appearances all over Comic-Con. Um, I attended a panel that was held at Petco Park where uh, the director, Dean Israelite, announced that they'll reimagine Alpha 5 in some way. It was the robot buddy that the Rangers had. Um, and uh, it definitely seems like there's a theme where they want to appeal to people who were kids in the 90s but are now grown up, ideally with jobs and with money, to then spend on toys and uh, games that they used to have to bug their parents for. It's like really like the perfect storm of, of 90s nostalgia lately with all of this stuff and, and, and Pokemon. It's 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 almost it's almost <laughs> too much to take. In fact, it was too much to take when I Scott, when I saw Scott Bayo speak at the Republican National Convention. <laughs> uh, yeah. What he had to say was too much to take. But uh, um, you also caught up with uh, all the Star Trek news while you were there, right? Uh, yeah, Star Trek had a, a pretty big blowout. They had their I believe it was the 50th anniversary panel. I, someone correct me if I had the, the, the number wrong. Um, thanks. The, um, they announced that that CBS series that comes out in 2017 will be Star Trek Discovery. Um, they showed off the ship, uh, which I've been noticing commenters wondering if it's now going to be a uh, prequel based on the design of the ship. I don't have a, the, enough familiarity, honestly, with the history of Star Trek and what the ship designations are. I just saw Star Trek Beyond last night. Um, I do then, hear that this is in the main universe, not the reboot universe. Oh, yeah, yeah right. Yeah, the, uh, the prime universe, which I had learned from uh, my colleague Rich, our colleague Rich, who was reporting that it was the universe that was the TV show before the movies broke out. Um, beyond that, all we still know is... <laughs> there, Brian there were Bullitt. a whole lot of movies before the reboot movies, but, but carry on. Uh, yeah, though the movies... Again, I'm not as familiar. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, so I'll be honest. Um, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. Carry on. No, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> the uh, yeah, no, it was that was, that was a good, cool panel. Um, to I I'd watched that panel remotely, and then our colleague went to uh, Rich was at a hotel panel with uh, interviewing with the people themselves um, about it. Um, very curious to see how it comes out since it's going to be releasing digitally. Um, on CBS first, and then on that the all-access platform in the U.S. and Netflix everywhere else. So, so what did everyone else think about uh, all, all the Star Trek news? And and um, I, you know, any other Double Dare fans? Uh, anyone else have any reactions to the stuff that Mike covered? Oh yeah, uh, I want to go on that Double Dare oh, uh, yeah. obstacle course for sure. That needs to happen. That looks super fun. I hope it's annual. I mean, I know it was the 30th anniversary, but they got to do that again. It was too too good. I think the guy it looked like, like everyone there was just super excited. So hopefully they will bring it back. So Christine, what was that like for you? I mean, you're kind of a different generation. Well, I'll be quite honest. I think I actually missed that vote entirely. <laughs> so I didn't. <laughs> people seemed really, really excited about Double Dare, and I'm like, 
what is that? <laughs> and I know I'm just laying out my ignorance here for everyone to see, but... Um, what about Power yeah. Rangers, before or after? I think I was a little bit mm, too young for it. Mm. I mean, I remember watching some episodes, but I don't really remember anything because I was like six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something surreal. Yeah. I'm like discovering like- Power Rangers now because my kids are four and two and they just want Power Rangers and they have... I bought them like the big, uh, you know, the big character that puts all the dinosaurs together with the power, <laughs> the dino uh, chargers and everything. So yeah. I'm learning about it all now. 20 years of it on Netflix and just have them watch it. Like, yeah. The whole thing. That'll keep them quiet for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do we think we're reaching peak 90s right now? It, it, it feels <laughs> it feels just like an overwhelming amount. I mean, what what is going on that this is happening right now? I think it's like theories? I think because those kids are now adults. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And we have expendable income. We want to spend our money on something, and and we and a lot of us have kids too, so we want to share those memories that we have with our kids. So it makes sense that that's all coming around right now. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, what what for you personally, um, Mike, is is the moment from this year that that uh, you know that you tell friends first when. When you when you talk about the trip, is the double dare? What do you think? It's going to be double dare because of the um, uh, even just getting in was a triumph because it was strictly invite only. Uh, when we first uh, asked, they politely weren't sure, but then the day before they let us in, and then uh, they gave us really great um, seats right in the ring where everything was happening to so be able to watch Lori Beth Denberg and Josh Server. It was Danny Tamborelli and Cal Mitchell as well. Um, running around together, uh, competing in physical challenges. Um, that was definitely, for me, the biggest highlight. But beyond that, it was cool to uh, just see so many people, uh, cosplayers and really diehard fans, run around. There were people waiting, I think, three hours to buy Star Wars figures. I went around by the Hasbro booth a few times to see if I could even get in line, and they were like, nope, the line's full. So I was like, nope. and I also don't didn't even. I don't think at any point at any point we really had a three hour luxury to go shopping because uh, yeah. it was just a busy busy week. Okay, so I got to know about the Star Trek beer. Did you get a, a chance to taste that? <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was uh, this golden ale uh, made by Schmaltz Brewing Company, and uh, this is their second beer that they've made. The first one was uh, a Vulcan themed beer. Um, and uh, they had it on display. They also had it on draft at Comic Con. Um, it had a uh, if, I, if, I did, if I said this right, excuse me. It was, like a, it was a golden ale with a sort of a light spice to it, and it was called the Trouble with Tribbles, based off of nice. whichever episode involved the Tribbles in Star Star Trek. Trouble with That's Tribbles. That's the one. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, no, it was uh, it was definitely a really refreshing, and it came with a commemorative glass, which I have nowhere near me right now, unfortunately. Um, and. Uh, it was a nice sort of thing. I was talking with the uh, owner, the uh, company, about how they got the rights, and they have them for like a, a three-year deal, I believe, so they'll have a new beer come January um, around that time, around the time as a new TV show. So it, it's definitely will be more Star Trek-themed drinks to come, and uh, hopefully maybe more franchises could have like drinks to come. Well, like, actually, there are already plenty of um, – you can get Game of Thrones beer, uh, Lord of the Rings beer – there's Klingon blood wine, apparently. Klingon um, blood wine? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually have a whole bunch of links if you're interested. I, I've been trying to get someone to do a roundup for a while. Yeah, no, this is a thing. 
You can get totally drunk on whatever universe you choose. It's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing, the craft brewing revolution. But don't mix uh, them. The hangover is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Oh, it's like beer beer before shots. liquor, never sicker. Uh, liquor after beer, have no fear, right? That's, yeah. that's the saying. It's, at a certain age, <laughs> neither one works. But uh, <laughs> well, hey, uh, Mike, I, I know you got to go. I think you're technically on vacation there in San Diego. But uh, thanks for calling in and, yeah. and filling us in on everything Comic Con this year. Of course, thanks for having me, guys. And uh, look, I had such a great time working with everybody over there. And I'll be there in a few days, actually. <laughs> awesome. Safe travels. Right. Thanks. Bye, everyone. See ya. All right, uh, Mike Sorrentino, ladies and gentlemen. So, so Christine, you were also uh, on on location in San Diego this these past few days, right? Yeah, that's correct. And it was my first Comic Con ever, actually. Like, I hadn't been to San Diego Comic Con or WonderCon before, so I had only read about it um, to sort of hone my expectations. And (laughs) go ahead. And, and, and what I was just going to say, you, you 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 put together some really awesome uh, cosplay uh, galleries. What were what were some of your favorite sites from San Diego? Well, I have to say that the um, the, the <laughs> Pokemon Go obviously has been like extremely prominent just everywhere, and so you kind of expected a lot of like last minute cosplays of Pokemon like at the con and. Um, even just after the con ended, like each day and going in, attendees leaving and going into downtown, there were people like <laughs> chanting their team oh, names yeah. or just like freaking out like, oh my God, there's, you know, like whichever Pokemon here or whatever. And Jeff was there with me. Oh, yeah. Um, they yeah. Were and going nuts. It, yeah. Like because downtown San Diego is clustered with various Poke stops and gyms. So you can sort of physically see the battles going on like people were congregating in groups and like physically just like trying to claim gyms and grab pokemon and things like that and it was very and team rivalries were very apparent too like people were wearing t-shirts and you know jokingly throwing crap at like other people on opposing teams yeah um so it's kind of crazy but expected (laughs) yeah not too many people walking into each other, walking into walls. Uh, I think that was the walking case. Walking into Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the case uh, anyway. Just Well, because... yeah, because there's so many people there, you can't not walk into people. Yeah, it's sort of something you have to, in order to survive Comic-Con, you have to embrace, really, that you're just going to be constantly running into people anyway, whether you like it or not. Um, but no... Other than people just clustering around bars and things, like during at the con itself, people tended to be more concerned about making their way to panels um, that they really wanted to see because lines are notoriously long for some of them, mm-hmm. uh, or just sitting down at some random <laughs> spot and just charging their phones, um, probably because their phones were dying from playing Pokemon Go. So, yeah. Mine, and it looks mine like... may or may not have died because of that. <laughs> I brought two portable chargers in anticipation yeah. for all of the Pokemon that I would catch. <laughs> and the Pokemon, the Pokemon in San Diego are very different. Yeah. Than the Pokemon in San Francisco, like there are a lot more fire types um, because Southern California is always on fire. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, but kind of nice though. 
hoping that they get trading up soon for the game because you, you know otherwise you'd have to like travel all of all over the world to get all of the pokemon so yeah you know i would think between like pokemon uh just like taking photos of other cosplayers taking selfies uh periscoping doing facebook live i would assume that like People are running through their batteries like crazy. Everyone always has a phone up. Is that pretty accurate? Like you're either posing or you're taking a picture? <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Like sort of everyone you see on the floor is kind of glued to their device. Um, and whenever they see a cosplayer that's really good, you start to see a hmm. group kind of forming a semicircle around them yeah. waiting. <laughs> yeah, sort of forming a really in <laughs> a really informal line to take pictures with them or take pictures of them. Uh, and for me, like because I had to photograph quite a few of them, um, I had to wait in many of those lines uh, in order to get photos for our, our cosplay galleries. Um, but it was a fun experience. I mean, the people who make their costumes tends to be really passionate mm. um and usually really really nice too like i kind of was worried about um like the infamous like cattiness or mm. uh stubbornness or just like being jerks in general about uh -huh. you know like whenever you go to comic-con but i didn't notice that to really be the case except for maybe Saturday when it was the most crowded, craziest, busiest day, and um, it results in people turning a little bit barbaric. <laughs> but I, I think that's true for everyone. Even I was. Even getting... the ones not dressed up, like yeah, even the ones not dressed up, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw a panel on on cosplay at Silicon Valley Comic Con where they were saying that cosplay costumes um, that are meant to imitate movie costumes and TV costumes are often actually better made than the original props because they're not meant really? for just brief filming. They have to be worn all day long at Comic-Con, which is extremely hot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're on their feet all day, and people are up close to them and, you know, poking at them. So they actually have to be tougher, better looking, better ventilated, everything than actual movie props. Yeah, the the stakes are quite high. You can't bring something flimsy to Comic-Con and expect to leave Comic-Con with that <laughs> yeah. thing you built. Including your ego. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there's always going to be someone who complains about, like, oh, you're... Like, this detail isn't right, or, like, you know, this character's hair is always tied in a ponytail or something like that. So. I, I have on the internet literally seen a guy complaining that a woman was too short to to be a Norse god, like a, a Norn giant. Uh, okay, you know? Not like, many of us are. <laughs> so. That's literally not possible. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there's nine million Harley Quinns, right? There are oh, so yeah. many Harleys. Yeah. And I think it's because of the uh, Suicide Squad I was wondering also, though, is it possible that this is one aspect of this costume is you can be a really wreck? No, no, keep the Harley's <laughs> up for God's sake, man. Oh, that's the last one. Uh, oh, yeah, you can you could wear very little clothing and it's, keep it's cool. Instantly recognizable, but at the same time, I think you could go for like flat shoes and mm -hmm. you would still look like a good Harley, it's, which oh, makes it very yeah. practical. Yeah, it's it was in terms of Comic Con, it was a very good, forgiving choice because it was hot as balls and. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, like, a breathable shirt, like, Henley shirt, and then booty shorts mm. and fishnets. Like, it's very it, good for warm weather. Um, and I saw very a ton of Suicide Squad Harleys, but very, very few, like, other variations Full of Harleys. Full like, yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. the original Batman the Animated Series. Like, there's, yeah. I think there's, like, one true rendition of that in, mm -hmm. in the gallery I did. But... Um, 
and I talked to the cosplayer and she said like, oh, I'm doing everything indoors. It's too hot to go outside. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the convention. I was dying and I'm, you know, just wearing a t-shirt, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, and pants. So they're very, <laughs> well, <laughs> hopefully yeah, it was you really, really hot. Yeah. <laughs> they said yeah. I had to. Yeah. At SVCC, they had a bunch of Deadpools, which, you know, is even worse than a oh, yes. full Harley Quinn. I saw a good couple of Deadpools there. Yeah, I mean, not and that And the Incredibles. Many. I saw, yeah, there's I saw a full the, Incredibles family. Yeah, um, I'm like, wow, that's some dedication. They to timing must, to plan yeah. kids out like that. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I said. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was great. I mean, it made me wish I had dressed up because I I do some casual costumes myself. I wouldn't <laughs> say I'm a cosplayer, but I it made me wish I like you know had you know my full batgirl costume or my assassin's creed costume or something like that so i could show off a bit of my fandom too but hey, wait i got i got your batman costume oh no <laughs> it's not that good let's now proceed oh, to dispel christine's pretense that she's not an amazing costumer oh my god <laughs> yeah if you scroll down there's like well why am wait why am i telling you yeah. <laughs> anyway there's more just go through my twitter real quick oh my god oh wait, here we go yeah wonder yeah. woman that's wonder woman and i said i have a hover hand problem like, I do the thing that nerds do when they're super nervous around beautiful women. <laughs> they, like, don't touch them. They kind of just, like, put their hands sort of around them. I mean, that's one of the things. It was very... Yeah. Do. Oh, there, oh, there, there it is, yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, and my version is Cassandra Cain, uh, who is, like... I, I don't. I know she's not that popular, but she's, like, a... And but that, I, that's a that, that's cool street cred at Comic Con. Oh. <laughs> like a very obscure. Yeah. You know. And Supposedly. one thing I love about the way you do costumes is you you always put your posture into it. Like you really like in that picture, oh. <laughs> you're really creating the character the way you're standing. It's not just about like oh I'm wearing Thank the you. costume. Yeah, that's actually something I know, that, and I I appreciate that. But I'm it's something I'm still very much learning to do from my friends who are more hardcore cosplayers. But I noticed at Comic Con when I asked for a photo. They'd usually say sure, and then like immediately like get into some sort of like really really good mm. practiced pose for their costumes. Like I I mean because they expect to be photographed, so mm -hmm. they they want to make sure that they look good, um, and that comes down to even things like making sure they get the just the right pose down. Mm -hmm. And it was really amazing to see them in action. So cool. Yeah. Jeff, did anyone um, recognize Sparkman? Were your fans there? <laughs> well, no, I was, I was, you know, I was keeping it on the down low. So, uh, also, I didn't, I didn't actually go like walking around the floor very much because um, I have like issues with large groups of people. So naturally, I would go to Comic Con because I'm smart. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I spent most of my time like in Ballroom Twenty checking out the panels. Ballroom Twenty, thankfully, is very nice, air conditioned. Uh, I appreciated that. And you sent us a lot of articles. You reported on a lot of stuff. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I actually did, like, actual work things while I was there. It wasn't all just for fun. Tell us about it. Uh, so I saw some <laughs> panels. And uh, um, so, like, what I guess Wednesday I went to some of the the uh, pilot previews. They, I, I watched uh, Riverdale, the Archie show, and uh, Powerless, which is the first DC-based comedy. And... Um, <laughs> Those were pretty One cool. might say playing against type. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's um, it was just I, I've, it's like all the days are kind of blending together at this point. Um, not, you know, do either I, of those get your stamp of approval? Oh Should yeah, we look yeah. Forward to those, or? I, you know, I was actually surprised because um, uh, 
with Riverdale especially, I was a little skeptical because, you know, I, I grew up reading Archie comics and, you know, I have certain expectations of them. And when I first read the description, how it's going to be like this dark, you know, kind of like Twin Peaksy kind of thing. And I was like, well, you know, because they have like the, the afterlife with Archie titles and they've had like in the 60s, they did like Archie's the the Archie kids as like actual superheroes uh, and stuff like that. So it's not like, you know, unheard of for them to do like this huge like genre shift. But have the you thing- said Archie versus Predator already? Oh no, no, and and they met they met the Punisher. Um, oh. uh, they even teamed up with the. I think there was a Sharknado crossover oh. recently, <laughs> um, which I have not checked out yet. But I mean, how could I not like that? You know. But um, the the thing that threw me off the most initially before I watched it was that when they mentioned that that like Archie was involved with Miss Grundy and like. It makes sense in the context of the show because uh, Miss Grundy is young and very attractive. Uh, but I'm thinking of, like, the comic Miss Grundy. He's, you know, like, white hair. She's Sometimes they drew her with, like, having one giant tooth in the front. Um, so that was, you know, it was a little bit of a change to get used to. But um, I, I, I kind of dug it. I mean, it's it seems like it could go, like, horrifically off the rails, but, like, in the awesomest way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, either way, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of down to watch it. And then, uh, Powerless, I really liked, um, cause I'm a fan of workplace comedies and, uh, <laughs> I, I've <laughs> as long, and I was said in what I wrote, as long as it's not a lot of like, you know, oh, I understood that reference kind of stuff. Like where, you know, they throw out the, the comic references and stuff, you know, as long as the it's a comedy first and it just happens to take place in the DC universe. I think it should do fine. Uh, I did get to see it twice. Um, and you know, people were laughing at all the, I mean, I still chuckled and I had just seen it like a day or two prior. So, um, those were cool. And then I saw the, the trailer, the teaser trailer for the Luke Cage show. Yeah. I want to know. Holy crap. That looks awesome. Um, (laughs) You know, the thing that I noticed the most about the, and if you watch the trailer, uh, you see this, the way that he just beats the crap out of everybody, it is just like, like nonchalant ass kicking, you know, it's just, it's, it's like very fluid and graceful and I just, it looks really neat. Yeah. They're trying to convey his invulnerability. Yeah. He doesn't really have to stress out about people shooting at him because he knows nothing's going to happen. I like the Wu-Tang music. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's just beating everyone to death with a car door? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he goes thrift shopping because his clothes often have to get replaced. <laughs> yeah. Actually, this is addressed in the original. I'm just getting started. That looks cool. Okay, yeah. First of all, I'd like to apologize for going actually in the comics without irony. 
sorry about that. But I also wanted to express a, a little dubiousness here. Um, I mean, I liked him in Jessica Jones, but the character he's playing definitely seems very, like, sweet and innocent. Like, the only part where I didn't feel like he was doing a good job is when he was supposed to suddenly be angry and threatening. Mm-hmm. And it seems like his individual show here is trying to be more, like, angry and threatening. So I'm just wondering if he can pull it off. What do you think, Jeff? I think so. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you actually saw them, right? You, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... There wasn't, like, one specific thing that just, like, sold it to me. It was just kind of, like, the overall, like, how everything meshes together. Mm. Um, they showed a couple of, uh, of scenes there, and there was, like, some really great framing of the shot. And mm-hmm. usually I'm, like, I don't notice things like that. But it was, it's, it just... They just look cool, man. You know, <laughs> kind of like uh, that hallway fight in Daredevil. Yeah. Oh God, yeah, that was awesome. Um, one take too. Supposedly. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So that and that's a, a Netflix joint, the yes. uh, Luke Cage one, huh? Yeah. That should be cool. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued. Actually, I didn't stick with Jessica Jones, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued. They also showed a little teeny teaser for Iron Fist. And what the? Sorry. <laughs> I, the big fluffy beard. What? Who would ever associate that with Iron Fist? What's going on there? I don't know, man. Sorry. You know, maybe we'll shave it. I don't know. Weird. There. I mean, there wasn't like a whole lot in the clip, so I mean, it could have been like before or whatever. And then uh, uh, an even briefer Defenders trailer. I'm psyched for it though. I like the logo, and I like the music that they used in it. And Do you have that one, Steven? No, I don't. That's one I don't have. <laughs> yeah, I don't Sorry. know if they, uh, they may not have released that one later. There was so much no, the, stuff that came out, so much stuff that was released. Uh, I mean, we can't get to it all, but any other favorites that, uh, oh, that we haven't talked about yet? I really like the Flash panel because it's, like, you know, one of my favorite shows right now, and... Um, all the DC show panels, actually, it just, I, I was really struck by how well the cast seems to get along. Mm. Like, you know, not like the, we're here to promote our show, let's look like we like each other kind of way, but yeah. it like like genuine camaraderie. When I watched that Foley panel, yeah, the Flash cast just seemed so, like they're having so much fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like in the Flash panel, uh, um, Jesse L. Martin and Grant Gustin were like tap dancing, a uh, little brief competition there, and... Uh, <laughs> we're all waiting for that all musical episode. Oh, we know hell yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And then uh, in the Arrow panel, um, even though I have not watched Arrow very much, um, I was, you know, I was still interested because of the enthusiasm they had about it. They also ended the, the Arrow panel by singing a song from Hamilton. <laughs> and then they wanted really? to, yeah, uh, you'll be back, which I'm not going to sing. So, speaking of dancing superheroes, uh, one of my favorite parts of Comic Con was actually the cosplay masquerade. Oh, because, yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 oh. What, what's up? <laughs> no, I, I can't wait for this. Go on. Okay, so so it was basically uh, a, a fashion show slash talent show with thirty five contestants um, showing off their various cosplays. And the intermission actually was one of my favorite parts because it involves a dance crew um, called Core, I believe, and it was just it just showcased they were all dressed as X Men and dancing. Yes, <laughs> it was so perfect. Yeah. Oh man, like 
Just seeing Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to let it. I'm just going to watch it again because it's so mesmerizing. I'm just going to say that that right there was the most fun Cyclops has ever had in any incarnation <laughs> in his entire life. Same goes for Wolverine, I think. Wolverine um, needs to grow a beard. Oh, yeah. he. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's more aerodynamic without the beard. Um, but, yeah, it was so fun. And the uh, one other thing that happened that I didn't really expect was a marriage proposal happened on stage. When oh, yeah. One of the contestants, or rather two of them, uh, were, you know, in the middle of a Kylo Ren and Rey battle skit. And... <laughs> and you know, as Ray like knocked Kylo down with the force, like he got down on one knee and maybe I'm just bitter, but I was like, uh, I know what this guy's going to do. And sure enough, he pulled out a ring and so um, knockdown leads to kneeling, kneeling leads to proposing, yeah. proposing leads to. Yeah. And I just nice. joked with Tanya, who was my colleague who was there with me at the time, that um, this is actually very much following the 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 Star Wars tradition of being incestuous, assuming that you know Ray actually is <laughs> related. In some is way, related, yeah. yeah. If they're if they really are cousins, you know. Um, A lot of people commented that on that tweet, and someone also included the video. But I guess we already looked at the picture. Yeah, so. it's fine. I mean, that it's pretty much what you'd expect. It's what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very eventful, and it was crazy to see like the fun skits that people came up with and stuff. It was really good. I actually have a question for you guys. So I read the or followed the live blog for Marvel's big presentation in Hall H. And um, with a couple exceptions, like they had a big skit for Guardians of the Galaxy, apparently, where Ravagers burst in and there's dancing and a lot of jokes. Um, And there was a kind of mockumentary of Thor's private life in between the (laughs) movies where he was doing all these mundane things, which they don't appear to have released. Uh, We were kind of expecting them to do that. Yeah, Marvel hasn't really released. (laughs) I guess it's a DVD extra. Um, but for everything else, it just seemed to go by so fast. I mean, yes. okay, here's this star, here's this star, here's this star. We're very happy about this movie. Next. And is, was it really like that when you're there? It, it's hard to see how it could be worth flying all those famous people out. Well, I didn't I, well, I didn't have like three days to wait in line, so I didn't actually attend any of the Hall H stuff. Um, but in, in all the stuff in like Ballroom 20 and the other room that looks like an eye chart for the name, I can't remember which one it was, um, 27 BCD. Anyway. Um, Some small room. No, it wasn't small. I thought really? it was small based oh, okay. on the name. Uh, <laughs> but no, that was the one where I was like out in the uh, the heat waiting in line. And I was going to complain about being hot. But then I'm like, well, OK, there's Jon Snow in armor there. Uh, I can't really complain. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was a Jon Snow cosplayer who really looked like kit harrington i wish i got a photo but he was going the other way but Aww. as i as <laughs> but I, but you know what he I, looks like from the back yeah well like i saw him and he was crossing and i tried to get his attention but uh, uh, there were so many people and someone yelled the king of the north and he just looked confused for a second and said i know nothing and you know it was that that was that um uh, but my only um celebrity experience at comic-con was actually uh gal gadot coming to Mm -hmm. the wonder woman 75th anniversary panel and she actually spent like pretty much all the panel there she came a little bit late because it was supposed to be like the surprise reveal Mm -hmm. um but yeah she she was really she seemed really nice and she gave her insights on filming the new wonder woman movie um and just like 
I mean, little things like, oh, we had to like film, you know, six days a week for six months in like freezing cold conditions. And I wasn't wearing very much <laughs> and it was kind of uncomfortable, but we did it anyway. And yeah, it, it made me kind of excited for Wonder Woman. I mean, I wasn't, I really did not like Man of Steel. So I avoided, <laughs> you know, Batman v Superman. Um, but I'm like cautiously excited for Wonder Woman. I think it could be good. The trailer kind of looked to me like something I would watch on Netflix, which mm -hmm. is a big step up from Batman <laughs> versus Superman. Yeah. yeah. And I might actually go to Justice League in the theaters. I, I kind of liked that trailer. Yeah, I dug I dug that. Uh, the Wonder Woman one looked really neat. Yeah. Like, I'm like, well, because you guys know what I thought of Batman versus Superman. <laughs> I was slightly less than excited about it. No. Well, I think what we all thought. Well, but, no, but more some so. people like it, and, you know, that's cool. I just was one of the ones who didn't. It's very popular in the Affleck household. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm reserving my judgment. I will give Wonder Woman a chance, but I'm not as hyped about it as people at the panel seem to be. So, I think I have finally come to accept the fact that they're not doing the original Wonder Woman. This is the, the modern character. It's completely different. She's a fighter. It's more Xena. Mm -hmm. It's just going to be Even different. Her I just need to accept that. It looks like Xena. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I might be okay with watching the movie because I'm very much into Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, like her mother, for instance, like Queen Hippolyta and, you know, General Ant Antiphony. I think that's <laughs> how you pronounce it. Uh, like they're actually based off of like Greek mythological figures. And mm -hmm. that might be one reason why I'm okay with kind of giving it a chance. I mean, they'll have to change some things because her old enemy was Ares War, and now she's a warrior, so she works for him. So yeah. how does that work? But yeah, no, it's, I mean, this is what they've been doing with Wonder Woman for some time now. Jeff keeps explaining that to me, and I have finally <laughs> accepted that we've moved on and things are different. So, Plus, I like Chris Pine. I'll give it a chance. Fair enough. Um, well, I want to I force a connection, a really rough connection to what I was doing last week, which yeah. uh, uh, actually, Stephen, if you look at the very bottom of the Google Doc, I just put in uh, two <laughs> links, one to a video and one to an Instagram post. If we can throw up the video. Uh, I was in uh, Cleveland while everyone was getting ready to go to Comic-Con for the Republican National Convention here in the U.S. I, I went to cover how social media was going to cover the convention. But uh, interestingly, while I was there, uh, found that there was uh, an odd uh, like comic connection to what was going on uh, at the RNC in Cleveland. And uh, I don't know if you got the, the video there, Stephen, but we came across these two guys who were in town from New York, a pair of brothers. Uh, and this guy was walking around with a, a huge like iPad Pro-sized tablet and just sketching on the tablet uh, caricatures of uh, people he ran into in Cleveland like in, in comic book style. He's a comic book comic book artist um and while he was doing that his his brother was filming him and they, they called the whole thing uh glogging do you have that video steven yeah I'm, I'm trying to load it right now let's say you're going out for dinner so explain a commercial pretty interesting. <laughs> hang on a second find the best way to get there it's gonna take a minute Playing a 30 second commercial. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, the, the, these two brothers, uh, they have the digital caricatures going on. Uh, and then um, the other brother is a, a video artist. And so he is he's videotaping the entire encounter, you know, of uh, these people being caricatured and kind of getting a little bit more of a flavor of who they are. And then the entire thing. You know, the videos and the caricatures and the graphics and everything all end up on their glog. And so that's what we were talking about on the streets of Cleveland. 
by oh, everyone, I got it right here. from Snapchatters and vloggers to bloggers and vloggers. Yes, vloggers. That's actually not a word I made up, but these guys have made up their own style of vlogging. What we're doing basically is um, if blogging is traditional media, digital media, and say, for instance, vlogging is when you're incorporating video in digital media. Glogging is when you're incorporating graphics in digital media. Glogging. I like Glog, yes. Glog, we're gloggers. Gloggers right. and we're glogging. Right. And we run a glog. I know what you're thinking. And yes, they're twins. Twin gloggers. Basically, Jim and Tim Fielder have been walking around Cleveland, and Tim draws yeah, digital glogging. portraits of people in town for the RNC right there on his big tablet. And while he's doing that, his brother Jim is filming Tim drawing the people, and then all that, the drawings, maybe some video and some text, all end up on the brother's blog, which is at dieselfunk.com. One, two, three. Logging. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That's super cool. Oh, sorry. Interested. And they were there with um, uh, Comics Cast, uh, sent some, some comics to the RNC. And so I also ran into one of the guys that they caricatured there, the guy, uh, uh, Vish, who had the uh, the sick uh, turban on. I actually ran into him oh, a wow. few times later, and that's the uh, the Instagram photo. Do you have that there? Oh, we, yeah. we did a Periscope live with him, um, actually, from 4th Street in Cleveland. Uh, but my photographer I was with got that really cool Instagram photo of him. Uh, so it, it was interesting. There was this kind of bizarre comic book connection uh, while Comic Con was going on. There was a little flavor of it even in Cleveland at the RNC. That's awesome. I remember reading about a guy who did this last year too. Is it? I wonder if it's the same guy. First name starts with Fish. Yeah, I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised. These are these are like all New York comic comic book artists who were were making the pilgrimage. Uh, uh, super cool guys. Was so, there as, uh, as much cosplay there? <laughs> oh, I bet. Uh, then as I mean, because I know there's there's well, the one guy there who looks kind of like an Oompa Loompa, but I don't know if he's actually cosplaying. But I was just kind of curious. What about Pokemon? It's a lot of Uncle Sam cosplaying. <laughs> there, there were there were a few Uncle Sams running around, um, and there were yeah a lot of the a lot of the activists and protesters had some. Some interesting uh, costumes. People in in the convention, the delegates, uh, even had inter- interesting costumes. Not on the scale of, of Comic Con, uh, <laughs> and not anything I can really comment on. <laughs> but um, more than anything, there were just five thousand police there, um, mm. who were all uh, totally cool. Uh, they, they had a ton of bike cops there, oh, um, which I think was a much more, a much less intimidating presence it is uh and you know it was interesting everyone got along great i had kind of gone assuming that there might be some uh violence or or protest breaking out but honestly by the end of the uh by the end of thursday um i I witnessed uh a guy there from the group uh truckers for trump uh playing ping pong against a a guy from the black lives matter movement so it was pretty (laughs) it was pretty kumbaya nice So um, I think that's about all the time we have. Any final thoughts on on Comic Con 2016? I want to sleep now, (laughs) which is what Tanya's doing. Yeah, I slept until 2 p.m. p.m. yesterday, uh, which is very unlike me. It was just a lot of early night or early mornings and really late nights of just constant working. um, Yeah, because the team we had was rather small, and it's 
such a big event so it's we you know it was impossible to cover everything but um we really tried and that definitely cut into our sleep by a lot mm -hmm. sounds like ces without the endless uh tables of uh, iphone cases yeah yeah, yeah in that seems fair. <laughs> instead of that i think it was like tons of uh like artists selling their work which was a nice place to get gifts oh yeah yeah um and then i think that's much more exciting than endless booths of iphone cases I'll take that any day. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Especially because I own an Android. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, uh, I think that does it for the Cravecast for, for this month. Uh, thanks, everybody, for making the pilgrimage down to San Diego and then back to, to tell us about it. And we'll be definitely looking forward to some of these things hitting Netflix, hitting movie theaters, hitting the airwaves and the cable waves, if there are such a thing. Uh, and we'll definitely be talking about them on a future episode of the Cravecast. So for Mike Sorrentino, uh, Christine Kane, Kelsey Adams, Stephen Beecham, and Jeff Sparkman, I'm Eric Mack. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.